I always think that the more specific you get, the more care you take about details, the more interesting it also gets. Hello, and welcome back to The Director's Cut. In today's episode, two reporters uncover the story of a lifetime in director Maria Schrader's biographical drama, She Said. The film recounts the true story of how New York Times reporters Megan Tuohy and Jody Cantor broke one of the most important stories in a generation, one which unveiled decades of silence on the subject of sexual assault in Hollywood and helped launch the Me Too movement. In addition to She Said, Schrader's other directorial credits include the feature films Love Life, Stefan Zweig, Farewell to Europe, and I'm Your Man, and the miniseries Unorthodox. Following a screening of the film at the DGA Theater in Los Angeles, Schrader spoke with director R.J. Cutler about filming She Said. Listen on for their spoiler-filled conversation. Thank you all for uh, being here. I'm RJ. This is Maria. I, I, I want to begin, Maria, by saying uh, bravo uh, for your beautiful, thrilling, heroic, honest, deeply empathic work of art. This is a truly great film. Thank you so much. Thank you all for being here, staying here. Uh, tell us, what, um, what drew you to, the, to this project? So many things. <laughs> We all, I remember reading the article when it came out in the New York Times. I, as we all remember so well what happened in the wake of it, you know, also in my country, I'm from Germany. I had no idea who these women were, who Megan Tui was, who Jodi Kenta was. Um, and to learn that this is a film about how the story came about and that it will end with pushing the button because the rest of it is kind of history interested me very much um, it's about working women seeing a female team and wanting to be like them and at the same time not idealizing them but seeing the full picture of what what it means to 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 work like that, to have a passion, maybe we can call it even a vocation to do a job like that, and then juggling with the other parts of life. And I recognized, you know, uh, myself in that too. And um, yeah, so this is a long answer too. I, I could go on with a lot of things, but yes, I was just drawn by it. And I was, uh, I remember very well when I, when I read the script, that I was uh, kind of blown away uh, that a movie of that scale took so bold choices, you know, have have so many characters appear, not necessarily explain every single appearance, allows the private side, allows, you know, these almost kind of islands for accounts of the survivors you know a movie which is kind of within 
the tradition of classical journalism genre also with thriller aspects and then, you know, stops at, you know, the moment these women are uh, finally talking and listening to their stories at length. I think uh, I, I thought I hadn't seen something like that before. Yeah, it, it's um, it is within a genre, and yet it's it's so much more than the genre normally gives us. Uh, you're you're creating um, a uh, you know edge of your seat thriller in the journalistic tradition, the tradition of journalistic narratives, but um, but you're also telling a story about work, about motherhood. Um, this is, uh, was evident to you upon first confronting it? This was something that you felt you wanted to emphasize? It was already there. And, um, if you would compare it with, you know, let's say the big, you know, giant, all the president's men, which I don't even remember when I saw it first. Yes, you can say there are a lot of parallel aspects uh, to journalists teaming up and then starting a research which um which grows and 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 kind of discloses a systemic you know um topic at the same time i thought it's very different here it is very different because um this specific topic they're researching is so inescapably intimate and uh, it's so impossible to distangle yourself from it, to distance yourself from it as the professional journalists because it's also, you know, I think the movie in a broader way is also something about womanhood. What does it mean, you know, to 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 be born and grow up and work in a, in a basically male-dominated uh, environment? And um, And I think... You know, I, I I personally hardly know a woman who does not carry at least a story of uh, being belittled or intimidated or, you know, the scale of an uncomfortable situation to, you know, violence and really crime. Is, there are so many gray uh, areas and so many steps to it that, but we all carry these kind of stories. And of course, when Megan comes home and see, sees her newborn daughter you can you can almost not avoid to think about the world and and um and in which kind of world she will be a a grown-up and and that's why I could relate so much that it's a personal thing for them the 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 responsibility to hear these stories and then maybe not being able to publish the article or or even worse as Megan said it publish it and and then find out that no one cares uh, the the there's a a style um your 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 form relates to your content uh these very aspects that you're describing of a patience that is required a faith that is required an empathy that is required on behalf of your protagonists the form of the film, the style, the acting style uh, resonates with that, matches that. Is this conscious? And what was your approach with the actors? And for those of you who don't know, Maria is has spent uh, uh, decades of her career as a as an actress, 
as well as a director in the last, uh, how long have you been now directing for? Well, I made my first movie in 2007, but I co-directed or co-collaborated before in the making of movies, yeah. So her whole career she has been directing, uh, but also (laughs) acting. So, and I'm curious, what was your approach with the actors in, and... And was, uh, as I say, was uh, this style a conscious uh, choice? The style of acting. That's what you're you're asking. Um, That's a good question. I do think it's, you know, within a story like this. So there are, it's a true story, as we all know. There is so much reality. Um, There is so much detail I always think that um, the more specific you get, the more care you take about details, the more interesting it also gets. Not um, not only in the storytelling, not only in the in the writing, but also in the acting. I uh, I think it's also very important to not. Um, to not paint them as heroines is very important to me that we understand, even though, you know, there are A-class journalists, yes, their work in the New York Times, but at the same time, they ride the subway every day. Uh, they sweat, they're late, they're, um, their clothes are wrinkled, there are um, doubts, they're, uh, there's fear. Of course, the movie is based on a very meticulously detailed research but very factual report of Jody and Megan. So what a movie can is 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 adding um, all the things which are left unwritten. You know what's 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 happening in these spaces. It's uh, yeah, the doubts, the um, the self doubts, the the feelings, and um, and I tried to 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 be very to be as detailed and um, and maybe, yeah, to create a seamless emotional connection to, um, to basically every single moment. And, and you did. The New York Times is a character in the film. Yes. Uh, um, an institution that uh, means so much to this country, to the world. What were your thoughts in approaching that? And I know you had unique access to the building, so can you talk a little about that? Yes, the conversation with the New York Times um, started early on, and uh, probably this is the one silver lining of COVID, that everyone was in home office, and uh, and it's the first time they opened um, their doors for a feature film, which, of course, yeah, this, uh, this space... The beautiful, the beautiful architecture, um, the depth, the the vast immensity of it is is a player by itself. Um, but of course, furthermore, it also shows how much the New York Times identifies with their story, and 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 obviously with the way we wanted to translate it to the screen. They've read the script and. Uh, and so I came very late. 
only five weeks before um, the shoot started because I couldn't leave Germany because the consulate was closed because of COVID. So the first thing we did is um, preparing these 75 scenes set in the New York Times and they gave us a slot of two weeks in the beginning of August and they were still um, counting on coming back in September. So this was a set date and... Um, and of course, we were so incredibly excited to be able to shoot it in this very venue. Um, so I found this immense empty stage, you know, and, and everyone uh, you see in there is a background actor. And, uh, and of course, you want to get it right. You want to get the... Um, the atmosphere, the different energies, the newsroom, the investigation ballpen, you want to get it right. And fortunately, we had great advisors because Megan and Jody were generous. And also uh, Rebecca Corbett, their editor. I met with Matt Purdy before. Um, so they were our sources for my thousand questions for, of course, the dialogue with the actors. I would ask them, so which conference room would you, you know... How would it be if 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 there is a spontaneous meeting with Dean and Matt? You know, would they lean on your table? Would they call a meeting into a conference room? How informal is it? We all watched the the documentary of the Fourth Estate, and um, and I think uh, we all uh, also in a dialogue with the producers. You know, we also there we didn't want to create a this heroic narrative about uh about the New York Times an institutional vanity or something you know celebrating it too much just being you know very concrete and this is you know following the events of this story and i thought it was wonderful to to be able to um to also portray a different workplace and there's also a boss with a lot of employees you know there are also there's also hierarchy there's also if you you could say you know the editor Rebecca Corbett is maybe above Jody and and Megan and has the last look at at the article also met Purdy but how do they communicate together how do they what kind of team building exists there and there are people who really search for the truth and learning all about these details I have to say assured my own reliance and trust in in this kind of journalism and 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 I wanted to get it right there um because it's not only that the institution provides them with the resource to to spend like months on a research like that but they also provide them with colleagues and 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 people who you know, question them or maybe even sometimes ask the uncomfortable questions and, and give an echo to, to each other's work, which is, um, which I find beautiful. You're, you're also illuminating the fact that sometimes greatness comes through just simple gestures. Let's read the, let's read it one more time together. You know, let's take a moment. Uh, that kind of incredible scene where so much isn't said uh, between um, Lanny Davis and and uh, uh, Carrie's character, uh, where she's trying to get the number of of uh, settlements out of him, and it's all about gesture. But the the, the 
extraordinary reporting that she's doing in that moment to get that information. And you see it's not always these heroic, swelling, cinematic moments. It's just hard work. Yeah, exactly. And so many scenes on the phone and dialogues and setbacks and successes and back and forth. And um, I loved... I mean, I loved the, can I call it simplicity or maybe the the pure, you know, listening to one each other and, and these the pureness of these dialogues. And now that you talk about the scene with uh, with Megan and Lenny Davis in the in the empty cantina, I I it's one of my It's one of it's one of these moments I really love at the very end when when she finally gets him to the point, you know, make a decision. This is going to come out. So on which side do you want to be, right? And and he admits, you know, this yeah, eight to twelve settlements, and then and then there is no triumph. I, at least in my interpretation of that moment, right? And I. There is a, all of a sudden there is a moment of sadness. I, I I chose that take that she then asks, "Do you think this is normal for men?" And then he says, "Yes." And then and then there is this wide shot, and and you see them both. You know, we are all in one world, and they look out the window, and it's not about this is a female case, this is a male case. This is what I also love about Dean and and Matt that this is. You know, it concerns us all. This is our, this is our story, and it's it, it needs to be to be told. You've, sh I know you've uh, seen the film with Megan and Jody. Uh, what was it like to show it to them the first time? That was more nerve wrenching. Is that the word? No more wrecking. No more nerve wrecking for me, probably than. The opening night, because uh, there was this uh, special screening for them. It was uh, them both, their husbands, and um, it was in the post-production house, and picture wasn't locked, and um, and I was outside waiting for them to come out, and uh, I gave a little introduction. You know, you have to watch this like you maybe have an unfinished article and scribblings on the side and you know it's 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 not the finished movie it doesn't sound like a finished movie it, you know i gave this and then it ended and um and then another 10 minutes they didn't come out the room and <laughs> i i was on my own and then <laughs> And then they came out and we sat down, Megan and Jody and I and the husbands went home. And, um, and the first thing they said is they were absolutely happy about the depiction of their private lives. I mean, the names of their kids, you know, we rebuilt Jody's apartment. You know, they opened their, their closets and uh, the actors wore the same clothes as them in the final day. And, uh, you know, they were so trustful so they just they were so happy about it and they and Megan said she started crying when she saw the working newsroom because they hadn't seen it for one and a half years and they said all the journalistic details he just got it right and um and that was the most important moment for me to be honest yeah that was uh, that meant a lot 
Beautiful. Um, well, you have made a film that celebrates truth and um, the hard work of a, a open, honest society at a time when, uh, as we all know, we are uh, these values in our society or and in our democracy are under siege. It's a movie about an event that took place uh, five years ago, but perhaps is um, even more important today, certainly as important as it was then, and it speaks to our moment now as much as it speaks to the moment then. And uh, on behalf of this audience and the many audiences that will have the great opportunity to see this in the days, weeks, months, and years to come. I say thank you, and thanks to you all. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thanks for listening to another DGA Q&A. The Director's Cut is available wherever you listen to podcasts. And please share, subscribe, rate, and review. We'd love to hear your feedback, and you can help fellow film buffs find the show. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next time. This podcast is produced by the Directors Guild of America 